Big guys, little ties. Welcome to the introductory episode of Big Guys, Little Ties. I'm Nick Fichetti, co-host, and this is my uh, co-host, uh, Jordan Myers. And uh, we're joined by the, uh, uh, the always ever-present uh, master of Tampa Bay events, sports and entertainment, Jason Floyd. And uh, yeah. We want to say uh, what's up. And, um, well, do you want to say something, Jordan? Just happy to be here. I'm excited. Let's uh, let's get into it. You know, um, yeah, 100%, bro. Yeah. You're not nervous at all? A little bit. I'm a little nervous. It's all right, man. You can hold my hand if you want to. <laughs> no, um, so this is going to be a, a podcast. This has been like a long time in the making. Um, it's been in my mind for a while to, uh, find a way to creatively express myself and Jordan and I both, uh, had, had talked about, about, you know, creatively expressing ourselves in positive ways. Um, this podcast will be about self-empowerment, self-improvement, mental health, that, that line of work, uh, sports and entertainment, all things Tampa Bay with a, you know, with a twist of being a little bit funny if we can be, you know, um, I'm more funny looking than funny. Yeah, don't make the funny promises. is a pretty long shot. Okay, at least I'm, at least on my end, it is. That's what she said. Uh, ha ha. Uh, uh, <laughs> but um, no, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have some great guests on this show. Uh, we're gonna have UFC champions. We're gonna have professional athletes. We're gonna have wonderful conversations about uh, about life, about. Um, about improvement and, you know, there'll be some, some biographical things that we'll throw in there as well too. Um, uh, what I wanted to say, so our backgrounds. Okay. So my background, uh, I grew up in uh, Cranford, New Jersey, uh, was an athlete my whole life. Uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of the us, but we'll, we'll work on that. Um, was an athlete my whole life. I took to wrestling. I was a uh, uh, I wrestled at Michigan State University. Uh, I was a, a uh, an All American starter for a few years there on the U.S. National Wrestling Team. Then I got into mixed martial arts afterwards, uh, and I saw you know uh, well I saw Rashad Evans, my teammate at the time, get into it. Gray Maynard as well too, and I kind of wanted to follow their path uh, when I was finished with my with my wrestling career. And uh, I moved to Tampa Bay about six years ago, and I currently work at a as a bouncer. Both of us do, Jordan and I, both work as bouncers. Uh, more, more politically correct as floor hosts. Floor hosts, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Bouncers a negative connotation. Floor hosts at the scores of Tampa Bay Gentlemen's Club, and uh, I worked previously as a social studies teacher. I've worked as a waiter. I've worked as a pretty much any job you can think of. I've I've worked it, um, and so yeah, that brings us here. Jordan and I met in the industry. I'm gonna introduce Jordan right now next. So Jordan's a you know uh, is is one of the greatest guys that I've met. Um, we were we hit it off. We worked really well together. We worked at another club called the Dollhouse of Tampa in private security uh, as a floor host. Uh, another gentleman's club. Uh, Jordan's a great guy. He's a, uh, uh, he, he also is a fellow wrestler. Uh, he's a Tampa Bay native. He, uh, is an army veteran. He is, uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, he served in Afghanistan 
And, um, you know, we, we just hit it off very well. And, you know, Jordan's a comedian too, amateur comedian. Right? <laughs> I mean, you could call me that, but you might be wrong. Yeah. Okay. But I, I do my best. I do what I can. Yeah, of course. I try. So, um, yeah, so, so, so Jordan, um, how you doing, man? I'm good. I appreciate the uh, introduction. Anything else Certainly. you want to add, man? Go ahead. Just that my wrestling is far from <laughs> from where you brought. I just wrestled in high school. I didn't go that far or anything like that. But it's a good it's a good foundation. It still brings you far. It teaches you a lot about life. You know, absolutely, man. Like that's one thing I'll say about anybody that's ever wrestled in their life, especially in the American system. The way that we do things, or the way that wrestling is interpreted in America, it's like being in boot camp. Okay, you're like you're like in a military boot camp all season long. You got to make weight 30 times. If you cut weight, you got to make weight 30 times. You got to compete. You got to deal with the daily grind, tons of stress. Uh, you know, it's really the epitome of mano a mano combat, um, you know, in, in, in a simulation fashion, in my, in my opinion. Would you yeah. agree with that? Yeah, it's just a controlled fight. You know, yeah. that's all it is. It's just one guy comes out on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, uh, well, you know, being a veteran and, and having, you know, having served, how do you compare your experience in wrestling to like, to like being at war? Do you, I mean, can you, can, is there a comparison at all or is it not really compare, a comparison? I'm opinion? sure there's a lot of metaphors there. You know, it's, uh, I think wrestling set me up for the army like really, really well. You know, yeah. like when, like uh, how so? I don't know. You're just doing stuff you've never done before. They're like pushing you and it sucks. But then you're like, oh, I did did this in high school. You know, yeah, not yeah. to that extent. No one's like controlling your life. But uh, just that's the hardest I was ever pushed, you know, physically prior. And then you just fall back on that. And, and they'll put you in situations where you have to, you know, not necessarily wrestle, but combatives. And wrestling just puts you ahead of everyone else who hasn't uh, done anything like that. Yeah. But it's its own little mini war, I guess, when you yeah. wrestle. Like, you're in your own your own plane. It's just you yeah. and them. And somebody has to go. So I always laughed at people that were like, oh, you wear, you wear those little tights and you, you roll around with guys on the mat. And, you know, they give these, like... You know the homosexual connotations Come on to about that. <laughs> see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone says 100%. it. You know. Yeah, but I think what we found is that wrestling is the is, you know, in my opinion, and I think a lot of other people's opinions, it's the greatest base for combat sports, for mixed yeah. martial arts, and for other things. I mean, some people would argue differently. They would say no, jujitsu or judo. But I think American wrestling, Greco-Roman, uh, is a fantastic base for combat sports, but also really in any situation in life too, right? Because you deal, you simulate a lot of hardship, yeah. a lot of difficulty. It right? is like the, the perfect foundation. Because even if like maybe not a lot of wrestling like techniques or the rules in wrestling won't apply to like a real fight because you know all the obvious reasons but like it teaches you leverage mm -hmm. it teaches you momentum it teaches you where like your weight needs to be where their weight needs to be and those are all really valuable lessons like in a in a conflict you know a mono e mono situation yeah. and you participate a little bit in the what's it what's what's the army combatives uh called oh uh Army Combatives program was, I think it was like ACAP at the time. Okay, we might have okay, switched it. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, so tell me, where did you do your, where'd you do your boot camp? Where'd you do like AIT and all that stuff? And what was your, like, what uh, was your... Basic was Fort Jackson, Carolina. Okay. I think 
South Carolina. Right. I always get them mixed up. It's the only time I, it was like my first time leaving the state. Just going there. And then I did a Fort Belvoir, Virginia for AIT, like eight months, I think. Yeah. And then I was uh, stationed in V-Spot in Germany. Okay. In Afghanistan. And then I went back to Germany. So just one contract, nothing. That's cool. Nothing crazy. Well, what was your MOS again, too? Like you, we talked about, you did different things, right? Like you, your MOS is one thing, but you did other things too. Yeah, yeah. I was a 12 Yankee, which was a geospatial engineer. Used like satellite imagery to, oh. you know, support various operations. Um, but that wasn't necessarily needed, you know, all the time. Uh, downrange, I did a personal security for a two-star general. Nice. And we led all of his like convoys and, yeah. and stuff like that throughout the year. Got him where he needed to go. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was a good experience. I learned a lot there, a lot of fun, you know, well, in bursts, short bursts of fun. 100%. And I come from a military family myself, my dad being a former Vietnam veteran, uh, 101st Airborne, and I have two brothers that currently serve actively too. I got one brother that's a lieutenant colonel, and I have another brother that's a W-5, and we've talked about this, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I've always been a big fan and supporter of our military, um, and that's why I'm, you know, you know, part of the reason why I, I like you too, and I, you know, I admire you and the work you've done. Yeah, you know, you're a little bit tall for my taste, but uh, you'll do for now. Yeah, I'll, I'll work on it. You know, okay, well, it let's, let's cut you down a little bit. <laughs> I already lowered my chair to kind of like. Oh, you know, okay. You know? Here we go. Here come the short jokes. All right. Yeah. All right. How's the weather up there, by the way? <laughs> so no. Um, yeah, I'm excited about our our first guest that's going to be on the show. Not this episode obviously but we have um i've already got commitments from uh from uh randy couture former five-time ufc champion um uh olympic alternate uh he's also a uh, uh former military he served in the u.s army he was in the, the army world-class athlete program i believe don't quote me on that i think he, uh, he was a sergeant i think i think so yeah, yeah 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 he actually he went he did a really interesting oblong route see most people go to college right after high school he joined the military after high school i think he got married well he'll, he'll explain it you know when we get him on the show he he joined the military first he was served for like four or six years maybe even longer and then he went to college afterwards after he won a couple of greco-roman national titles he uh, got recruited went to oklahoma state university and he was like a three-time all-american and an ncaa finalist and then the rest is history from there you know I'm, I'm so excited, man. I grew up playing him on a video game. Yeah. You know I, mean? <laughs> I know, right? Like that. It's going to be yeah. so weird. Yeah. So my experience with Randy, uh, I uh, I worked. So I, I when I decided I was going to go into mixed martial arts, I was looking for locations to go to. And uh, Gray Maynard, uh, who was a, a, a former UFC fighter, uh, he fought for the title a couple times against Frankie. I guess for the listeners that don't know who he is. Um, he's from Las Vegas originally, and he moved back out there. And Randy had just opened up his gym, Extreme Couture. And so I... Like went out there. I looked there. I looked at Greg Jackson's in New Mexico. I, I looked at New Jersey, where, where I'm from originally, and uh, I went there and I met Randy. And he's like, "Hey, we're looking for a wrestling coach." And um, I was like, "Man, well, as soon as I met him, you know, I've never really been starstruck before by anybody, but yeah. I saw him and I was kind of like, uh, 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 <laughs> just you know, just lost for words." And he was, yeah. it was awesome. We went we went mountain biking with him and Gray. Just a just a great guy, you know. Seems like a regular dude, you know. And yeah. he was just, you know, so down to earth. And, um, you know, so I worked as a wrestling coach, 
there and I learned some boxing and kickboxing and jujitsu. And it was really a great experience at Extreme Couture, uh, Randy's gym and his, and his brand. It was really, it was really fantastic. I really, I'm excited to, to talk to him. Yeah, about I'm it. fucking, I'm, I'm psyched. Yeah. You can say, you can say that. That's okay. okay. Right. We'll let it happen naturally. Right, right, right. Just let it roll off the tongue. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. So, so, uh, you know, and then, so part of our lives, you know what I mean? Like, I think the goal for this podcast, one of the goals is, you know, so I was a social studies teacher and I studied history. I was not a great student at all by any means, but my father at home. So my father's originally from Budapest, Hungary, and he left Hungary in the, in 1956 during the Hungarian revolution. So, you know, for, for, you know, for guys that, you know, well, whether you know it or you don't know it, but Hungary was taken by uh, the USSR under their control after World War II. And, you know, so my dad was born right at the end of World War II in 1945. And he, uh, uh, so he only knew uh, communist Europe at that point. And so in 1956, the Hungarians had like a small revolution. They, they killed off the local Soviets and a whole bunch of people left Hungary and escaped to other countries. So my dad was part of that, him and his family. He was 11 years old at the time. He left to, and uh, they escaped to Austria and Austria gave them uh, what sanctuary, I guess the word is, right? And then from there, they had the choice to go to like Canada or Australia or other places. And he decided to come to the States. So, uh, you know, he gets to the States when he's 12. And at 19, he joins up and joins the, uh, the United States military uh, he, he signs up for the U.S. Army, and uh, he's drafted to Vietnam right away. Um, he was in air, the air assault? Uh, he was, uh, well, 101st. Well, yeah, 101st. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it was the 82nd. I, I don't quite understand. It was the 82nd and then 101st. I don't know if they switched or he was part of both of them. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, depending on how long in, I guess. But I, I don't know, Vietnam. You know, obviously, I wasn't there. Right, right. No, different. But, you know, the rules change all the time, and all that stuff moves around. So, um, yeah, uh, my mother born in a. Uh, uh, my mom was born in Europe too. She was born in a refugee camp in Germany right after World War II. So her her family's Polish, and uh, her parents were taken essentially as like slave laborers for the Nazis uh, in World War II, and my mom. Yeah, I was born in 46 after the war uh, Yeah, in a refugee camp outside of Mannheim, Germany, which is like southwestern Germany. Luckily, she was born in the U.S. sector. So she had a choice to, you know, her family had a choice to go to different places. They could have went back to Poland. They could have went to other places. But they, they decided to uh, to come to the States as well. And you, you spent some time in Germany, right? Yeah, yeah, a couple years. Uh, Wiesbaden, I think I mentioned. That. Yeah, yeah, Wiesbaden. That's twice. right by. It's right by there, right? Yeah, yeah. Did you ever go to Mannheim? Uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely driven driven through it. I'm not yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can't recall any specific uh, experiences there. You know. So what's your? So what was your like? What did you like about being in Germany the most? Like with the military or aside from the military? Like what were your experiences? Like did you like the beer, the food, the people? Oh, the, yeah, the beers and the food are pretty good. I didn't yeah. drink beer. <laughs> you know, but, uh, once going there, the beer definitely uh, is a life. Ch it's a game changer. It's hard to drink beer here now. Yeah, Jason, you, know, you like beer at all? Yeah. What? 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 Do you have a favorite brand you can plug, or do you have a? But by the way, we're joined by in studio with uh, with uh, with Jason Floyd. What Stella. do you like? What do you like? Stella. 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 Oh, okay. It's a all classic. Right. Yeah, I love yeah, Stella. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think Germany. The culture was a big thing for me. Uh, not dogging, you know, or any, but coming from Florida. Everything's like super far apart and there is like 
a much smaller scale of like culture. And then you go to Germany and they have like, obviously so many things, the cities there that have been around forever, like right. all these museums and, and different stuff. And yeah. it was just a, it was a totally different experience for me. So it was pretty yeah. like enriching. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny. I talk to people sometimes I tell them I'm a, I'm a, you know, especially when I run into Europeans, I'm like, yeah, uh, you know, I studied history in school. And they're like, well, what did you, you know, history, Americans and history. There's no history in America. It's only 200 years old. And yeah, I said, yeah, right. It's a pretty common. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm like, well, I'm sorry, man. You know, this is where I was born. Give us time. Do? Yeah, yeah give, give us some time. time. Give us, you know, give us some space. I think it's happening. And, um, you know, so the Germans I run into, or, the, or not just Germans, but people from Europe and other places around the world, they're always like, wow, America's so new. There's no history there. Well, it's the microcosm of the macrocosm. You can make something so detailed and compli- you know, complicated as you want when you scale it down, right? Yeah. So you can, you can study the, you know, the life of Abraham Lincoln from 1860 to 1870. And, you know, that could be, yeah, exactly. Or you can look at American history as a whole. I mentioned Abraham Lincoln because he's my favorite American, uh, President or just a uh, character, I would character. say he's my he's my absolute favorite, absolute favorite. Yeah, I mean, th- there's some great ones in, in the yeah. world, but uh, the story of Lincoln is is the best. You like Lincoln at all? You, I mean, who, I mean, who doesn't like Lincoln? I don't know. I mean, you kind of. I mean, I'm just saying, you kind of look like him a little bit. You know, yeah. he's a, you know, with the beard. Maybe I need to be a bigger fan then. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love I love Lincoln. Um, you know. We just we see his name everywhere. We see we wonder. You know, I, I wondered why. And the thing is, is that Lincoln is the uh, he's the ultimate uh, American dream story, in my opinion. A guy that was born with literally absolutely nothing, not barefoot and destitute, but you know, he was poor, poor white guy in a, in a frontier town who rose to the highest office. Uh, you know, the most famous position in, in, you know, in, in the, well, not in the world at the time, but in in America at the time. Yeah. And, uh, during the most tumultuous time in American history, the American civil war, and he was the right man for the right job at the right time. That's why I, that's why I really admire history. Yeah. And what's cool about Lincoln is that he was just so, he was just a regular guy. He could relate to everybody. He could, he could speak to the ultra wealthy. He could speak to the poor. He could, you know, and, he, and, and uh, lately, you know, with this, with these new movements out there, he kind of gets a bad rap, like he was a racist and he was this and this, you know, but no, the guy was ultimately, in, in my study, he was ultimately the, 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 a humanitarian at the, at the, at the foundational level, you know, because he could relate to people. So anyway, yeah. just a sign. I mean, regardless, he did a lot of good. Yeah. You, know, yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. say or believe whatever you yeah. do, but. Whatever his motives were, I think a lot yeah. of positivity came from, uh, you know, his actions. A hundred percent, man. So let's talk about, so let's, uh, so you and I work together. We work in the nightclub industry together. That's true. And it's a unique industry. And um, we run into all kinds of people, right? Yeah. <laughs> not only, so not only the nightclub industry, but we, it's, a you know, the, the strip club bouncer is a, uh, is a very, uh, uh, how do you say, a, a multi- uh, multi-varied, a, multifaceted. Uh, multifaceted. There you go. That's a better word. I'm sorry. A multifaceted job. The strip club bouncer in Tampa. Now, Tampa, I believe, at one point was the strip club capital of the world. Would you concur with that? Yeah. I think maybe Portland has it. You know, I don't know how they rate know. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of clubs here. There's a lot of strip clubs in Tampa. I've heard Tampa called 
the place of strip malls and strip clubs. We right? just need a strip mall with strip, strip clubs. Well, we actually kind of have that, right? That's where we. You know, you're right. Yeah. Scores is a strip club in a strip mall. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, um, strip clubs get a bad rep. You know, I, I think uh, as uh, as we move along in time and uh, technology advances and people are exposed to things more and more, uh, I think strip clubs are becoming more mainstream than normal with all the, the videos and the Kardashians and the... What, what's your opinion on that? I mean, there's certainly no shortage of patrons. So. Yeah. <laughs> Of all different, you know, shapes and sizes, races, all walks of life. All walks of life, one hundred percent. What's um? So the other, so the other day, well, how do I say this without uh, incriminating anyone at all? Allegedly, the other day, uh, you know, there was an incident, and you had to kind of uh, correct somebody, uh, you know. But it doesn't happen very often at the cl- at scores where we work at. I mean, it's really a peaceful place. I think we have the greatest security staff. Um, there and we got wrestlers, we got professional fighters, we got a boxer, we got you know, we got all kinds of security there. So I think it's a very, very safe place, uh, especially inside of the club. Uh, but we've uh, you know, every now and again, there's an incident the other day, you know, you had to straighten somebody out, right? It happens, and I mean, haven't we all? You know, yeah, had to yeah, do yeah, that. yeah, but yeah, every now and again, someone alcohol and egos and possibly drugs, you know, on occasion, I'm sure, but you do have to. Polite but firm, you know, uh, reinforce and teach them that right, you know, right. whatever's happening is inappropriate. Right. Well, I think like in the old day, like, you know, bouncers used to beat customers up in different places. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it happens these days, too. Just not, yeah. you know, not <laughs> around camera, us. right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, you heard about the Mons Venus thing, of course. We were talking about that that happened uh, a few weeks ago, yeah. you know. Or our neighbor. So uh, yeah, right down a, the street. Right down yeah. the street. Yeah, there was a guy that walked up with a, you know, with a, with a firearm on him, but the bouncers subdued him, put him down, took him out. You know what I mean? Very well done. Yeah, yeah he absolutely. Saved a lot of lives. So, yeah, he did. Hats off to him. You know, but we live we live in, in some crazy times right now. And I think people, part of this podcast, I think, is people learning how to arm themselves, not just, you know, obviously physically, but also Socially, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, all these different ways for any situation that, that, that comes around. So that being said, like in the industry that we work at, um, we have to stay present all the time, right? Don't get distracted by the girls, you know, we're not trying to like, you know, like there's not, there's not, there's not like pickup artist thing going on. There's not all these crazy things that go on after hours. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's a normal job. In fact, in fact, I'd argue to say that working at, at this club that I'm at right now is the most normal job I've ever had. And that's com- being compared to when I worked in the school system as a social studies teacher. I felt like that was the craziest job because, you know, you, you get around the teachers and everybody's complaining like, how oh, these kids are doing this thing. You know, it's just a really, it was a horribly toxic environment in, this, in the particular system, school system that I worked. I'm not going to say any names. Um, but this job is the least toxic of them. It's phenomenal, man. It really is a good place. You know, I've worked at quite a few clubs, and they they do have their share of toxicity. Yeah. No, it sometimes they do have a a shysty vibe. You know, kind of when you walk 100%. in, and you're kind of like, I don't know about this place. But there are some good ones. You know, it's like yeah. a little family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what, is there any? Uh, you so you you've told me a couple stories about some of the places that you've worked. 
Um, yeah, let's not name drop them. No, we're not gonna, no, we're not going to name drop any. But you know, some incidents that may or may not have happened. Uh, what's uh, what's some of the craziest things that you've seen at all in the industry? And I'll and I'll I'll, I'll try to share mine with while not getting, while not getting X-rated. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, one of the wildest ones that that stuck out to me is one day I just pulled up for work, you know, and uh, there was, it wasn't even related to the club, but it wasn't the nicest club like we're at now. Uh-huh. It's a little tough and. It was like a road rage incident, you uh-huh. know? So they, they pulled into our parking lot. I was like opening up the club and the guy gets out and they're arguing and fighting. And the dude just pulls out a machete out of the trunk of his car. And you know, on like dumpsters, oh God, they have the fences and there's like oh. a piece of rebar that like holds the dumpster door closed. It's yeah. like bent at a 90 degree angle. Uh-huh. Like I saw the machete and went and grabbed that. And like, they looked like they're going to have like a, you know, kids like sword fight with the yeah. toys they were going to go at that. But the dude with the rebar made quick work of them. You know? <laughs> oh my God. They ended up with the machete pretty, pretty quickly, you know? And then, it, I mean, that was, but little things like that, you know, they happen all the time. I wasn't related to the club, but yeah, that was uh, the first one that comes to mind. I'm like, man, I just got to work. You know, yeah. People pulling up and you see people just sword, sword fighting, fighting in, in the parking lot. Yeah. Jeez. You know, I'm trying to think of some of the crazy ones that I've had. And I, and I worked in Vegas. I worked at a, a club called the Spearmint Rhino in Vegas. Um, and, you know, I worked there for, geez, five years and change. And it was a different dynamic there because, it, you know, here in Tampa, it's mostly like local. I mean, you get game days and, and you get a lot of out-of-towners, but Vegas was like 99% tourists and out-of-towners. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the locals, and it was a 24-hour club. That's too. wild. Yeah. So I worked when I first started there, I worked 2.30 to 10.30, 2.30 a.m. That's so weird. I know it was crazy. It was the worst. And I was training full time. I was, you know, in the middle of my fight career and I was eating how I wanted. I really had like a it was it was hard. It was really hard on me. And I eventually had like a physical breakdown from it. Um, But, you know, we we had uh, a couple of, you know, I I don't know if I'll get into the X rated of things that, that, that I saw there. Uh, but I definitely, we had some fights sometimes that were just all out brawls, you know, just nasty brawls. Like one time we were out front, we kicked these guys out. And my manager at the time was a guy that had a, had a big mouth. And, and there's three of us standing in front of him and he's mouthing off with these guys. He's like, and you, you ugly. And behind you the nasty. bouncers. Yeah, right? behind the bouncers. Yeah. So the guy slowly walks up with his hands behind his back. And he kind of looks to the side like he's going to like. And so we kind of look to the side. Tell. And then he just reaches over and socks my manager in the, like over the top of us, his arms came from like, you know, just downtown socks, my manager in the middle of a sentence. He's kind of like Kurt and the guy's just like, Dude, so my the, manager, the radio, he had the radio in his hand, the radio goes flying in the air. So we immediately had to take the guys down and yeah. one of them ran to the car to like grab a gun. So we had Always one of the guys, the that, gun, man. yeah, we, yeah, we had to go hold him down. You know, my, my, my one, uh, uh, coworker had to like, the guy was in the car, like reaching for something and we had to get him out of the car and hold him down. And then we had to hold him there for like 30 minutes until the cops came. And here's the thing with Vegas cops. I, I'm using 99% again. 99% of the time, you're not getting arrested, okay, in Las Vegas. Do whatever you want. Pretty much, uh, yeah, I mean, aside from murder somebody. You heard somebody, it here. Yeah. Go to Vegas. Yeah, do so whatever seriously, you, want. you are not getting arrested in Las Vegas if you do something wrong at a club. Police don't want to do, you know, and I love the police. I'm a fan, I'm a fan of the blue, but I get it. They let a lot of incidents go at certain times when we feel like, you know, Certain yeah, I, should be done. It has happened. It, yeah, even yeah, down yeah. here where I'm like, how is that person walking away? Yeah, <laughs> like, seriously. Like, yeah, yeah. 
Another incident at another club uh, I was not a party of, but I worked at this club. Uh, you know, these clubs you're not you're not allowed to bring firearms into. No uh, weapons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Florida is a, is a gun state, and a lot of nothing people nothing against them. Nothing yeah. against guns. People carry them. People have them. Uh, you know, I believe in the right to to, to bear arms 100. percent But this guy was in the club, and uh, someone saw. You know, he was kind of drunk, moving his arms around. His shirt lifted up a little bit, and someone saw his firearm. So, you know, the bouncers found out about it. So when the guy went to the bathroom, he's at the urinal, they snuck up on him, lifted him up, you know, slammed him on the ground, took the gun out, you know, and then uh, escorted him outside. And there was this incident, like the gun fell down and almost, it didn't go off though. They got lucky it didn't go off. Anyway, they escort him out, cops show up, and not only did they hand the guy his gun back, but they let him go. You know what I mean? And I mean, it's not, you know, discreet. There's signs everywhere, you know, that right. no guns inside, no weapons. And on it, the club that you're referring to should have wanted to avoid that situation. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you can't, you have to assume at that point, if they have it, it's not just like yeah. attacking people because they have guns. It, yeah. It's well, you know, advised to not bring a weapon into the club. A hundred percent. So at that point, you just assume it's, you know, ill intent. Yeah. yeah. One thing I wanted you, I feel like you skipped over not to, is no. your like, intense knowledge of you know alternate medicine and like breathing techniques oh, yeah, and like yeah, you yeah, helped yeah, me yeah. a lot when i had like the neuropathy and different much yeah. like the lion's mane and vitamins like you're yeah, yeah, you're very yeah. well versed in all that stuff no i appreciate that no so i had um hitting the mic, man. my bad my bad yeah i just threw my thirsties <laughs> no the um so the uh so my background and it comes from it starts with uh, when I was living, I just, I mentioned it previously, I was in Vegas, I was working in the clubs, I was just complete, you know, and, and, you know, fried, I was fried working t- uh, 2.30 to 10.30, I just signed a contract with Bellator, had a fight, had my first fight, and I, I lost, I got triangle choked in the first round by uh, Richard Hale, and um, my body, you know, the thing is going into that fight, I was, my body was just completely like just just fried. Like my mind was fried. I was just burnt out. My whole life I'd been wrestling. I hadn't done anything. If you want to compare it to like the Eastern version of yin and yang, yin being the nourishing, yang being the the uh, uh, the exertion part of life and, and, and the cycles. I had no yin at all. I had no recovery. It was always go 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 go. Anyway, no excuses. Richard Hell, you know, caught me in this uh, triangle choke, and now it's a highlight reel for Bellator. Uh, I was like a 12 to one favorite going in this fight. Anyway, I lose this fight and my body is just like, just fried. And then, so I took some time off after and I met my, 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 well now my ex um, and I was scheduled to fight my next fight. So I'm still kind of like fried. And I, 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 I go to like, you know, a life extension specialist. I go to these, all the, I get my, my blood work done and they're, they're checking my testosterone levels and my, everything was good. And I, you know, I wasn't going to take any test or anything like that. I was like vastly opposed to, to not just Western medical, but he was like, real, the doctor was really hard on me. He was like, listen, man, you're going to need hip replacements. Your back is terrible. Uh, you're ugly. Uh, you know, uh, you know, everything. Smell, he just threw the, yeah, yeah. smell bad. Your breath is terrible. He just threw the kitchen sink at me. And I was like, God, this sucks. You know, I'm 20, I'm 29, I'm 30. You yeah. know, why does it, why does it have to be like that? So anyway, um, meet my ex, uh, and then I'm scheduled to fight in Bellator. I'm like three weeks out, and we find out that we're pregnant. And I was like, 
then I just, I, you know, I, I basically like lost it again. You know what I mean? I just not lost it, not not a not a complete breakdown, but the stress levels just really increased. And from the years of compounding stress and competing and being in events, just sort of added up, you know. And I and I, my body just started to really shut down. I started having pains in my kidneys and my, you know. And I was, you know, I, I looked healthy on the outside, but on the inside, I, I something wasn't right. So anyway, um, I'm looking at all these places. I didn't really like what the Western doctors had said to me. I came across these uh, these yoga people. You know, this, this just happened to come across her. She was an acupuncturist and her husband was uh, like this yogi guy. And so I met them and they did some acupuncture sessions and he sat me down and he was like, listen, man, your body's dying. Okay. Uh, you need to, <laughs> you need to make some dramatic changes in your life uh, or else you're going to die in like 10 years. And I, this is, you know, I was drinking like a gallon of coffee a day and eating whatever I wanted and, you know, just starving myself to make weight. Sounds like me now, you know, right. minus that last part. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> so no, so anyway, I, uh, I start doing sessions with him and he, he turns out like, he's like, listen, man, you got to change your diet. You got to be a raw food vegan. You got to do these. Uh, and he starts showing me these, these yoga exercises, pranayama, breathing techniques, relaxation techniques, stretches, combined with some martial arts stuff. And there was this guy's version of it. And, um, you know, so I get closer to the fight and, uh, you know, and I end up fighting and then I, I won the fight. And, uh, and then he, he was like, listen, man, you need to take like a, a long time off and really work and heal on yourself and spend some time with me. And so I did. And I learned a lot from him from that year. I mean, it turned out to be, five, I didn't fight again for five years after that. Uh, other things had happened in my life at the time, you know, kids and relationship and, and all that. And I'll get into all that. But um, I, he was, this guy was so, he was just, he was an amateur herbologist, aside from being a yogi. And he was into mysticism and all that stuff. And um, I learned, that was the beginning phase of learning about herbology. And I am by no means an expert at herbology, but oh, you know definitely. At the very least, a hobbyist. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say a hobbyist. Yeah, I mean, I believe that you know our body. And this was this was this came from him where I first heard it. Our bodies want to be in the perfect state at all time. Okay, or you want to be in the perfect state. You want to be in that that and that perfect state is a state of like bliss. It's a state of you know just you know where you feel good. Your body wants to feel good. Your mind wants to feel good all the time. But the thing is, is you know society, uh, childhood trauma, all these other things that we, we kind of hold on to, these attachments are always trying to pull us down. You know, the, the mind wants to pull us in that direction. And so um, I feel that if you're able to, rather than just take a whole bunch of medicine to put a Band-Aid on a gaping wound, you can heal yourself from the inside out. And you can do it with things like, yeah, herbs are good, but also developing a, a, an unbelievably bulletproof mindset, um, doing these other techniques like with without without drugs, like like deep breathing. Stanislav Grof developed uh, holotropic breath work where you can get yourself into these states of being where you can, you know, almost like, I've never done LSD, but almost like, uh, you know, these hallucinogenic states Mind altering kind of. Yeah, mind thing. altering states through just like breathing, you know, and I, I think there's some advanced people that can do it by just meditating, you know, and you can heal yourself in that fashion by learning how to shut off the negative crap that's going on uh, internally. Anyway, yeah, so I think that uh, uh, we'll have some guests on this show that will we'll, we'll 
we'll be able to expound on that a little bit more, expand on that a little bit more uh, than I'll be able to. But yeah, I think that, you know, I think there's, there's, there's some amazing, amazing techniques out there. There's some amazing medicines out there. A lot of these things are sort of, um, they're just, uh, they're just taboo for a lot of people. Like the idea that uh, LSD can be a healing uh, property. I've never, like I said, I've never done LSD before or magic mushrooms or cannabis. Like these can be actually very, and ayahuasca and ibogaine and guys like Aubrey Marcus and Joe Rogan talk about them. And there's others, you know, they, they come from an earlier body of literature, but that there's these substances out there that can help put us on the right path to, you know, to feeling great and having an excellent life. And yeah. not just physically, but mentally. Of course, I yeah. Uh, I think it's overlooked. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like you started talking to me about, I had some health concerns and issues yeah. going on. It yeah. was like limiting my uh, my life pretty severely. And uh, you told me a bunch of stuff and I was like, that's a load of crap. Like I'm not doing any of that, <laughs> you know, like uh, whatever. But went got a bunch of the stuff he said and started doing some like stretching and very minimal like breathing work and little things. And it actually like, I didn't want to believe him either, but you know, it worked out. It helped me out a lot. My, good, uh, good, good. My good. system is doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, you know, lion's mane. I remember that's the one that we were, we were oh, doing, man. right? Paul Stamets. My stock in lion's mane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Paul Stamets. Uh, he's been he's been a uh, he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. He's been in a lot of places. He's got uh, he has supplements in pretty much any store or health food store now. It's all based on fungus on all mushrooms. And I believe his company is called Fungi Perfecti, and he's got the Stamets brand. Uh, but Lion's Mane is the one, and they're, they're, these are like adaptogenic herbs, okay? And the idea being adaptogenic is like, it's weird. It like, whatever issue you have wrong, it can kind of heal. That's wild. Yeah. It's yeah. like smart. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, a, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like AI in its own, you know, but the, the origin Minus of the artificial. Right, yes. It's just intelligence. It's just intelligence, <laughs> right. It's NI, natural intelligence, yeah. right? Fungi intelligence. No, so, yeah, so I, when I heard, um, uh, uh, Stamets on the uh, the Rogan podcast. He talked about lion's mane. He talked about microdosing with psilocybin, lion's mane, and vitamin C, and and how it can help raise your serotonin levels. And it's natural. It's you know you don't have to you don't do it all the time. It's not like a daily thing. You can do it daily if you want to, but obviously, and there's different dose levels of the psilocybin that you do. There's like a mini dose or a microdose, the medium dose and the heroic dose, and they all do different things for you. Heroic. The heroic dose. I've never done a heroic dose of psilocybin. Uh, never even done a medium dose. I have, I will admit that I have done some micro doses of it, and I will say that the benefits of it were pretty tremendous for me personally. I don't recommend it for everybody. Um, but uh, but with lion's mane, lion's mane is, uh, is for uh, its brain function. Right, yeah. it's uh, it's uh, blood it's the blood flow. It's um, uh, it can help Nerves. with uh, yeah, it can help with neuropathy. Um, and again, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a doctor, and I'm I'm definitely not a scientist, and I can't explain things in scientific terms. It works. Yeah, it's definitely a mood improver too, a mood enhancer. And yeah. you know, you don't need herbs to improve your mood. You can do things like mantras and meditation. I have three things that work for me. Uh, every day. And if I can do all three of them, I'll have a bulletproof day. And that's, that's get some kind of workout. Okay. Get my heart rate up or, you know, get a pump, uh, particularly with like a, you know, high intensity or combat training. 
I, if I can meditate and there's a, there's thousands of different ways to meditate and I, and then I pray. And those are my, if I can have, if I can do all three of those in a day, doesn't matter what happens that day. They could tell me that the worst thing has happened in, in the world. I know that I'll be okay regardless. At least a medium day at that point. You have yeah, to fall yeah, back yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so that's, that's my, those are my, that's my take on it uh, uh, for right now. But no, um, you know, and I, and I think part of the show, we'll, we'll, we'll expand on that a little bit. I think we'll be I'm able, excited. There's yeah. a lot to expand on. We'll talk to, we'll talk to people and their different ideas in regards to it. Even in regards to, you know, being, as being an athlete, like particularly being a wrestler and you can relate to this being a wrestler as well too. Like we have, it just, you just tough, you know, it's like, yeah, tough it out. You know, it's all willpower. He always said, uh, you like hurt something. He's like, you got two of them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, my arm's cut off. What? You want to go to the the hospital now? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of what I touched on earlier. Like the, when you go to the military after wrestling, you're like, oh, it's just like a lot of wrestling, you know? Right. (laughs) Same mindset. Yeah. But I'm excited, man. Excited to do this with you. I think, uh, I think it's going to be great. I'm excited to explore the mental health. Excited yeah. to even learn more about you that I didn't already know, and uh, yeah, it's going to be quite yeah. the journey together. And I'm and I'm excited to work with you, man. You're a great guy. Uh, you know, I mean, you're all right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean you're okay. I mean, no, but seriously, honestly, you want to, you know, um, you know, when, when 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 I had this idea and I and I thought I just I thought of you. I was like, man, this guy is freaking awesome. He's a great dude. He's been there. He's done that. He knows people. And uh, I think that this will be a great journey for, you know, for not just us, but also it'll be beneficial for other people as well, too, that will listen to this and say, you know what? My day's better because I listen to this. Yeah. You know, my day's a little bit better. If it's you, not even pull if me you can down. do a little bit, yeah. It's yeah. like yeah. the whole mental, I don't know, life and journey. I, my mental health has taken a lot of work recently and i think you're you know you've worked on it too yeah and i'm, I'm excited to delve into that you know yeah. especially like men's mental health yeah of course see how it goes well I've, I've heard this i've heard this uh jordan like uh i don't know where i heard this but if you're able to look at the the bad things that have happened to you in life the tragedies it sounds so, so crazy like the bad things that like like all the all the negative shit. some people have been through some really horrible shit in their lives you know and i and i you know everybody has trauma everybody it's just levels of trauma that we've all gone through if you're able to like look at it be with peace be at peace with it forgive not for the other person but for you Okay, you forgive in order to heal yourself. You 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 drop the anchor that you're carrying around all the time. You're, you're dropping that hundred pound rucksack that you're always carrying around. You learn how to say, okay, I'm at my I'm at this place in life right now. I love myself. You know, it doesn't matter if other people love me or hate me or whatever. I love myself. I believe me personally. I believe that the universe or God works. For you, not to you, and that's that's another cliche in the uh, in 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 in, in my, but it's 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 becoming a newer cliche, but it's it's an it's an age old thought process that the world works for you. It doesn't happen to you. It happens for you, and you and you're able to develop that kind of operating system, and you can find that uh, you know uh, God gives you beauty from ashes. 
And the, you know, the, the, there's the archetype of the phoenix rising from the ashes. We all can rise from tragedy. Time heals all wounds. I recently, you know, I'm recently, uh, you know, I was never married, but separated from my ex of 11 years. The biggest tragedy of my life. You know, I, I, I didn't want to commit suicide or anything like that, but I was definitely in pain for a long, long time. And I still have moments of pain from it. Which is um, natural. Yeah, yeah, no it's natural. There. You know, I have to, you know, we have two You're beautiful kids. Th thank you, buddy. Hey, hold my hand one more time. Thank you. Thank you. No. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, we're all going to suffer tragedies in life. It's just part of living in this existence, if there are other existences. And it would know? kind of be a shame, like, I mean, it'd be nice if you didn't, but what's that saying is like hard times create like weak men, weak men create hard times. Yeah, yeah, create yeah, easy yeah. Time. yeah, 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 no, uh, I think it's like a four, I think it's a four, three or four part cycle, right? It's like yeah. um, uh, hard men create, create soft times, times yeah, right? Yeah. Soft times are soft, uh, soft times create soft men, soft men create hard times, hard times create yeah, hard men. Yeah. That my point is like you live and you learn, you grow, you know, you grow stronger. And yeah. sometimes you do meet somebody who's just had like, you know, nothing ever happened to them. And you're like, God, I, when it does, it's going to be bad, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> they're just yeah. not, they're not ready. Like the smallest yeah. inconvenience. Well, you know, you can lead a, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Yeah, you know that's true. I mean? I've never tried, but I keep hearing it. So <laughs> never had a horse. But yeah, you know, honestly, man, like, and even as an athlete, you know, a lot of athletes, I mean, you know, there, there's a big movement now towards towards mental health with athletes. And a lot of these athletes, football player, whatever, whatever sport you played or any activity you did as a young person. And that, you know, eventually it's going to come to an end. All things come to an end. That's just part of living in this existence. But some some athletes just can never seem to let go of the past or be OK with what happened. And I suffered from that as well, too. I, you know, I kept you know, I'm, I'm 43 years old. I was still trying to fight last year yeah, you, you, know you were in it you were ready yeah i was ready to go you know it didn't happen we had three or four different contracts kind of fall through now don't get me wrong if logan paul or jake paul wants to step up and get a shot at the title what time you know where to find me in tampa yeah. all right the but tampa no title. seriously though <laughs> the title of tampa yeah. no but uh but 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 in all serious though like it's 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 it, you know learning how to let go and uh, learning how to, to to move on and take the lessons that you learn and using it into something productive for the rest of your life, rather than getting stuck in you know alcoholism and drugs and you know uh, uh, lower level activities. You know, doing something for the greater good, not only for yourself but for the rest of society. Leave your um, mark. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, whether it's with one person, whether you know, for me, right now, my priority is my kids. You know, I have two kids. I have a, I have a ten year old and I have a five year old. And, um, you know, I mean, that's that's my life. You know, I have them half the week and, you know, my, my priorities are, you know, you know, uh, are based around them. But yeah. I still have to live my life, too. I still gotta of course. Work out. Yeah. So. Well, I think uh, on that, the subject, not of the kids, but on letting go and letting life is probably a good point to to bring it to an end here for our first episode. What do you think? Yeah. A, well, here's the thing, transition. man. Randy, Randy Couture, like this guy won the UFC title at 45 years old. <laughs> 45 years old. He comes back out of retirement. I think he hadn't fought in a little bit. He beats Tim Sylvia in a packed house in Columbus. Wins the title. He's, he's the oldest ever person to win the title there or hold the title. I think it was. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. One of those. And... Um, 
So, and then learning, you know, for him to find, and I think his last fight, I think he was 48 or 49. That's for his last fight. Yeah, which is phenomenal. You know what I mean? I don't know. Bernard Hopkins might have been older. Bernard Hopkins, was he 50, Jason? Do you know? I think he was 50 or 51 for his last boxing fight. Holy S-H-I-T. Wow. Holy cow. Bernard Hopkins being that old and competing. Tom Brady being 46, was he 46, 45? I mean, at the end of the day, we have to let it go. You know, we have to let it go. We have to move on and find out, you know, uh, find out what the next thing is. And I think a lot, some, in MMA, I've seen some athletes do very well with it. Randy did very well transitioning into like acting. And he's got the, uh, he's got this GI foundation. He's got the, you know, Extreme Couture, yeah, Extreme Couture GI foundation. Another guy is Chael Sonnen, who's done very well. Chael Sonnen, uh, you know, also a phenomenal athlete. Never, probably the best guy to never win a title. I would love to have him on the show too at some point if we could. That'd be amazing. Um, but uh, being able to uh, transition to those next areas of life, you know, yeah. whether it is whether you're, you know, it's it's a soldier, uh, you know, a guy that's in the military. That's a good point. You know, yeah. a lot of people struggle with that. Of course, like, especially if they've been in a long time, like you know, coming out. Well, what do you like? What? How did you feel when you when you? Uh, I mean, uh, that's a really that's, no, that's kind I mean, of a loaded it, question, but like, like. You know, like my, my dad. So my dad talked about his his issues when he out of Vietnam. I think that situation's way more intense though than. Like I don't anything. know about that, man. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, tell me. So I mean, you know, you're at you're at war, and then all of a sudden you're home. A yeah, couple weeks later. I think that conflict in particular was like really bad. You know, uh, as far as like a trauma and experience and the way it was handled and everything. Right, it's and its own beast. Where like you. Yeah. I agree. And I'm not minimizing anyone's experiences uh, these days, you know, with the conflicts we go through. I was very fortunate. I came out all right, you know, nothing too crazy. But, yeah, and regardless, even if nothing at all were to happen to you, it, it does take a, a quite a bit to, to relocate yourself in normal life. But they yeah. have, like, classes and stuff that yeah. they didn't do a whole lot for me, but they help other people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing at the situation. But the thing is, I think it's a daily practice. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because as a soldier, I mean, as an athlete, too, so I think, you know, athletics obviously mimics war. And, you know, we'll get into the origins of all that, particularly combat sports. Um, uh, but, you know, you know, just leaving that situation, you know, and... You know, and, and I think it's universal. I mean, the, the Romans talked about it. You know, and, and World War One veterans and you know veterans of every war. It's got to become a daily practice to reestablish yourself. That's what I think. No, a daily no. practice, and it starts with. And this is my opinion: when you wake up in the morning, you find the good in things rather than like uh, uh, my back hurts or this hurts or this sucks. This happened twenty years ago, and I'm still you know like. You wake up and the first thoughts in your mind have to be thank you. You know, the first words, gratitude. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for that I have this. Thank you that, you know, my fingers still work. Thank you that I have feet. Thank you that I'm breathing the air. Thank you that the sun is shining. You know, you find the good in things. And I think even if you don't feel that at that time, even when, you, when you're like, even when like all the, you know, the, the world could be the worst for you, like the worst possible scenario. Even if you don't feel it, if you say the words to yourself, I'm thankful for 
such and such and such and such. And you do it to yourself all, all day long, even though you don't feel it. Eventually, you will catch up to that. You just gaslight yourself. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> gaslight. It's what uh, it what is. is what is ga- You want to know the origin of gaslight? Sure. Okay. Tell me. Tell I me. think we're we're reaching our end here, but uh, uh, we'll 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 clear it up. All right. I want to keep. I want to keep talking. Man. Okay. All right. Well, the gaslight. I think it was a movie uh, where this guy had a wife, and he like decided it was like much older. He didn't want the wife anymore. He wanted a new, liked a new girl. Yeah. But uh, he couldn't. You know, the stipulation stopped him from you know, divorcing or leaving her. So what he did is he uh, he had this like light or this lamp, it was gas powered. And every day he'd like turn it down just a little bit to the point where it was like pitch black in the room. And then he would just pretend it was fine. He'd like read the paper and like hang out. And she'd be like, she'd come in the room like, it's dark as hell in here. Like, how are you? He's like, you're, what are you talking about? It's fine. It's like it is every day. Uh, and then she's like, am I losing okay. it? And he kept doing it. He's like cooking in pitch black and she's like bumping into stuff. And he's like, what the hell is wrong with you? And she's like, I can't see. He's like, you got to go to the doctor. Like you must be going blind. Or... Uh, and then she just slowly like lost it. Cause he's always telling her the lights on. And she like, so little by little, he just like cut her down. Gas litter. Yeah. And then the I gas light. Like, uh, I think I, I could that. be wrong, but no, I, that's I interesting. That's an interesting, uh, concept. It's almost like you heard about, like, if you put a frog in, a, in like in, in water, it, it won't go anywhere, right? But if you slowly yeah, you turn up the it. temperature, little by little, deg- you know, every minute, you, a couple of degrees, eventually the frog will stay in there, but it'll, it'll stay in there even while it's boiling and eventually it'll die. I've never tried it. No, no. <laughs> have you ever eaten frog before? I have frog legs. I'm from Florida, man. Never okay. Sure. It's just tasty. It's I'll just have chicken. To, I'll it's all it tastes just like. like chicken, just like gator bites. Gator bites are a little different, but uh, they're better. Okay. But, uh, all right. All right. It's predator chicken. <laughs> Pre- predator chicken. Well, all right, man. So we'll conclude. So yeah, um, hey, man, awesome first episode. Yeah. Now, slop, slop. So here's the thing: we have these ties on. Did we even go over this yet? No, I don't We're think big, so. We're big, big guys with little ties. I'm not that big. I'm not as large as you. I'm, I'm like six foot you're tall. Big in spirit, and you're exactly. way tougher. So. Well, I don't know about that. I, you know, I'm, I'm soft and mushy on the inside. Not really though, but I am. It's hard to get to that with the the rugged yeah. exterior. Right, 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 right. No, but um, yeah, big guys with little ties. What does that mean? Little ties to what? Little ties to reality? Well, I don't think so. Maybe little ties to the ego. It's a play on words. Yeah. We, Certainly, uh, little ties to sanity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We appreciate some comments on that. What everybody would think. Um, yeah. What do you say, Jason? Ways. What do you think, buddy? Big guys, little ties. Good. All right. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Yeah. So next time, so we we'll be uh, tune in next for our um, our episode with uh, with Randy Couture. We're going to be uh, you know I, I've I've got the commitment from him. Uh, well, once we get, we'll go with uh, with our other people that we have on this get. We're going to have like a variety of people. We'll have athletes. We will have mental health specialists. We'll have doctors. We'll have legal specialists. And I think we're just going to have a great time. I think we're going to have great conversations. And it's the the goal of this. And I like this. This comes from uh, the goal of the ancient philosophers in in in, uh, in ancient Greece. Socrates. I'm a big fan of Socrates and Plato. Um, the goal is learning to live a great life. How to live a great life. What does it mean to have a great life? Okay. Can we help 
others do that? I think so. I think we can do th- do so through conversation, uh, learning through osmosis. Uh, there's a variety of different ways that people can learn. And I think these conversations are, you know, obviously there's a calling for us to do this, but it's to help other people at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's all about teaching people how to become great. themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until next time, man. I'm looking all forward right. to it. Sounds good. That's a wrap. <laughs>